0: Listen now of a time long past, when sorcery thrived, and wild adventure was forever in the offing.
1: And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. A deadly sorcerer is called
0: out of nightmare by a ruthless king driven into evil. (coughs) And a mystical sword is forged for a mighty warrior who rises out of legend to topple a kingdom. (coughs) The sword and the sorcerer
1: I myself raised you from the dead. Little did I know what I let loose upon the world.
0: Chris Honeywell is an internet loudmouth.
2: If triple blade action works for a Gillette Razor,
0: wouldn't it work great for a sword? Hated and reviled by his few remaining friends, he catches the attention of Thomas D.J., perhaps the world's most cunning supervillain. Ensconced in his ultra-scientific hideout, with only his robot army and stunning assistant to keep him company, D.J.
1: springs into action. what is this idiocy? Virginia used a molecular transmigration beam to bring this fool to me!
0: Virginia trains the hellish mechanism, and with a clap like thunder, and in a blinding psychedelic light,
1: Chris Honeywell stands before his tormentor. Normally, I do not suffer, fools. But I see beyond the yawning chasm of ignorance that is your brain and the endless sluice of sewage which is your mouth that they form a basic animal intelligence that I may be able to mold to my own devices.
0: Uh, okay.
1: Therefore, in my mercy, I offer you two choices. Instant painless disintegration, or you study grindhouse movies at my feet. Now! Choose!
2: Uh, I choose not
1: disintegration. So be it. One month I shall assign you a movie to watch and will summon you again. Be ready, or the consequences shall be swift and merciless.
2: Right, but how do I get to NOW
0: this? GO And thus began one of the most dangerous and unpredictable endeavors in evil sciencing. The Honeywell, Honeywell. Experiment. Experiment. Experiment.
1: Experiment. <laughs> Virginia. Yeah. Summon, Summon the subject. Yeah, sum, yeah, sum, yeah, sum, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I guess I'm back in my field again in my damsel in distress outfit. Uh, ah, well. It's not cool, but when is it ever cool? Oh, Jesus.
1: Oh,
2: Oh, man. Did you see Luke Giaconetti on his kaiju last time and make a kaiju out of AI? or something Virginia oh that's the saddest looking oh it It doesn't get the hands right
1: we are expecting a guest today
2: oh you wrote it on a Cronenberg
1: (laughs) hand me my big metal striking thing that has no real purpose
0: did somebody, did somebody say real purpose? <laughs> ah, here it is.
2: Did you see that? That guy rode up on a proper monster. Yeah!
0: Yes. I got this one right out of the uh, <clears throat> fiend folio in uh, the <laughs> 3.5 Dungeons and Dragons from back in the day.
2: Sort of the acme of monsters. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, let's all have a seat, because this is actually a solemn occasion.
2: I'm not going to sit down because you guys are going to look up my damsel dress.
0: Hey, if it's there, I'm looking.
2: Now I'm definitely in distress.
0: Yes. After looking up it, though, I can say that's a small threat.
1: (laughs) You're actually here to... um...
2: (laughs) It's got three blades, buddy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Too much information. The reason um, we are here in this fantasy landscape is because of the passing of a significant director in the history of Grindhouse Cinema. A man who, I gotta be honest, I never cared much for his work except for this film, which is why we're doing it. But it's hard not to talk about the impact Albert Pune made on Grindhouse Cinema in the time he was on Earth. And he passed away, I think it was in December. It's only been a couple weeks. So um, the man loved making movies. He wanted to make movies badly. He was, for a brief period, the go-to guy for the canon group before the canon group disintegrated. We may have had... Our first Spider-Man movie may have been from Albert Pion. Got pretty close. Got very close. In fact, the reason we have one of his most celebrated films, Cyborg, is because they started making sets and uh, costumes for the the Spider-Man Masters movie. Two.
0: And, and yeah. for
1: Masters 2. Yeah, Masters of the Universe 2. And then it was like, well... We're not going to do those things, but you've got these props. Let's just make a movie.
2: Corman, that shit.
1: Yeah, no, he, he, no matter what you feel about his style, uh, this man, he just loved movies. And even though he'd been semi-retired over the last 10 years or so, he was, he was teaching filmmaking and just infecting, which makes it sound like I'm being mean, but yo. Know, Infecting other people with his own with his love of making movies. So So
2: people like him are good to teach filmmaking because he's actually like like he goes and gets it done. You know, if you're doing stuff for the you're the go to guy to the canon group, that means you get it. You get it done. You get stuff done.
1: This film, which is his first film, uh, and for a while, and, and was the Biggest grossing independent film of 1982. Yeah, made a lot of money. This is his first film, and look at how look at how good it looks.
2: Yeah, he obviously was really excited about making a movie. This this is a really like this is a just like. Did yeah, we even say uh, the name on, of the on movie it's, yet? On its, yeah, we and haven't even mentioned the, the name. is the Sword and the Sorcerer. This sorry.
1: Starring- looks- Lee Horsley, who was Matt Houston on TV. Kathleen Beller, who is married to Thomas Dolby. Ooh. Simon McCorkendale, who was Manimal on TV. <laughs> and of course, if you're going to get somebody, you need somebody to chew up the scenery around 1982, Richard it's a lot worse than hire Richard fucking Lynch. Richard, Richard Lynch, yes.
0: I saw him get killed in many an 80s movie.
1: Yes, and of course, Richard Mall before he goes on to fame, has a comedy actor in Night Court Has the titular sorcerer. Although, it kind of annoyed me in this watch, and it was one of the few things that did annoy me, was that the film is called The Sword and the Sorcerer. And yet, we don't see the sword or the sorcerer for about eighty percent of it, yeah,
2: that's that's sort of yeah. I but like in 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 a higher budget movie, yeah, I could see that. But in this one, maybe you should use the sword and the sorcerer more because it's it's low budget. But at the same time, like I would t- I would pull this out in a film class as yeah. like how to take a nice super low budget. And limited resources, and make it work. Make it and make it look decent. You know, make it not look cheap or shabby. It's got a little right. Excalibur to it. You know, this was made
1: engines. for four million dollars. It grossed thirty-nine million dollars. It did not initially trigger a sequel, which is pretty big. Because I was, this is one of the the films that we were going to talk about that I actually saw in the theaters at the Sunrise Multiplex in Long Island. And when that title flashed up at the end, watch for Talon's next adventure, Tales of the Ancient Empire. I was like, okay, I'm down. Let's do this.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a double feature with the sequel to Buckaroo Banzai.
1: Uh, Although once again, Buckaroo Banzai, that was a joke initially
2: still real to me damn it yes but it did the same it did the same thing where it gave you the title right you know and and even to this day when i saw when i see the marvel movies do that at the end you know check out blah 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 and this it's i i always i can't help but think to myself yeah we'll see we'll see buddy we'll see
1: well yeah yeah it's just um it kind of annoys me that people said, "Oh, they never made the sequel." It's like, yeah, they never intended on making a sequel because I have it from the mouth of the person who who wrote the damn movie back in the day. <laughs> you know, the man when Buckaroo Banzai came out, I and a bunch of other people from the college press was in, were in was invited to a special screening, and then we got to talk to W. E. D. Richter. And somebody specifically asked about the World Crime League. He said, oh, yeah, well, you know, that's the kind of movie we were kind of emulating is is a, you know, a, a B-picture from the 40s or a, a serial. So we, we wanted to have that, but we weren't intending on doing it.
2: Yeah. They, well, maybe then you didn't know better, but after that, you, you should know better. Anyway.
1: <laughs> My biggest question about this film is, how does he get the fuel to launch the two, the, the two blades on either side? Uh, magic. And and how does he retrieve the blades when, when he's done stabbing things? Um, I think that's obvious. Yank it out of the guy.
0: <laughs>
2: okay yeah, they don't. They don't want to show. Yeah, they don't want to show the the
1: Look, uh, the, dated, movie, the
2: mechanics of the triple blade. And, and let's sword. give
1: Talon a lot of credit. That man must have some serious upper body strength to be able to wield the sword like that.
0: We'll, not only wield the sword, get his hand injured as a kid, and then, which is a nice bit of continuity. It's not his right hand that he's able to break out of the crucifixion near the end. It's the left hand, the one that was yes. injured as a kid. So you could say a lot of stuff about this movie, but as it for a low budget '80s dark fantasy movie, mm-hmm. I, don't, I can't really find too much to complain about other than the no. fact that it moves the lines really fast. First off, it looks shockingly good, and the score is shockingly good.
2: And I I thought the score like I I thought the score was was okay. It was like a suitable score for this, but if they had had the money to get somebody. A level or two up, it might have really transformed this movie.
0: I I, I felt like the score did a lot of the heavy lifting.
2: It me. did. It, 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 well, it, it always can, but I I think if they had stepped up to like a, a score like at the level of like Conan, you know, well, they could have afforded well, something like that. Well, I mean,
0: that's the thing. Once he once you put the the John Milly as Conan and again, this is all because that movie made a shitload of money. but exactly. this, this would have got me, and and I can't blame them for trying, but. The you know, the the four million dollars that they spent. They shot in real places yeah. for the outside yeah. stuff. The makeup for Zusha's pretty damn good. The weird casket he's in at the beginning, real good.
1: With the with the faces, yeah. The no, faces. No, I'm,
0: I'm just saying
2: that the movie itself, the way it's filmed, is is up to the level of like a real strong soundtrack, you know. If 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 it would have had that, it would've put it it it's it's push. They must have been really happy when they got this movie back for four million dollars. That's all I have to say. I would imagine
0: so.
1: I mean, it, it is obvious to me from the the very beginning, from the credits, that this was Richard S. Bremson's idea. In that I want to do it. I want to do a, a low budget Conan. To take advantage of of interest in Conan stuff. But it was, um, and let's let's name. In addition to Albert Pune, the script was written by Tom Karnowski and John V. Stockmeyer. It's the three of them that took that money and took that remit and came up with something as entertaining as this. Yeah. Um. And the thing that also strikes me about this is, even though it's obviously patterned after. The the low fantasy of Conan. It's a really kind of good natured movie for all its sleaziness.
0: Yeah, wow. there's a level of of old school swashbucklery yeah. to this, yeah. and that's and I think that's why the score worked for me too. It had that kind of corn gold adventures of
1: Robin Hood.
2: Yeah, they had style. a sort of Indiana Jones adventure beginning to it. You know, I
1: yeah. loved how everybody that he meets along the way. Everybody that, like Joe Rigabilto, another television guy, you know, playing uh, Talon's um, right hand, no pun intended. <laughs> um, every ta- Everybody he runs into goes, oh, yeah, I know Talon. He saved my life once. I'm coming with you. You know? <laughs> it's like everybody, it, it, there is such a and, and the two kings in the the banquet yeah as they're, they're they're it's like that's talent up there but we wouldn't have kingdoms if it wasn't for him we're not gonna stand by for this i love the fact that everything is like just like just a sense of fellowship
2: yeah game of thrones is, is a sort of uh beating that out of
0: a and <laughs> age. Well, yeah. the other thing it does is it does a lot of your world building for you just by the fact that okay, so this, from the time that we last saw him as a child seen as his family killed uh, he's obviously been everywhere and done everything in the last however I think 10 or 11 years I think is what yeah. it's supposed to be. So it's just, that's just extra and, and this show does often do a lot of the you know, tell don't show, <laughs> but yeah uh, you know it kind of works in that regard where you get it's okay, just 90 yeah. minutes to to tell your your pulp fantasy And I think adventure that story. they
1: chose the names the, the fantasy names wild, uh, wildly wisely the fact that the good kingdom that's under it's under control is named idenia
0: oh gee Hmm.
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> um I think though I think we all agree that the most valuable player uh in this film is Richard Lynch. Yes. He I is. mean even even though uh Richard Mall Zusha and boy every time I heard them refer to Zusha I kept thinking of that Brazilian oh, chunga yeah. post, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Which would have been a much different movie.
0: Oh yeah.
2: But clutches uh, uh, of the grace grace jones role
1: yes basically even though richard mall's character is in the title titus cromwell once again you want to get somebody you want to get somebody hated you name him after one of the biggest monsters in uh, (laughs) clearly (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know um but you get somebody like richard lynch who knows oh okay How much of the scenery do you want devoured? Yes.
0: And he brings the appropriate level of that in this. And
1: and he is just Uh, so happy to be here.
2: He shows up on the the set and he's been back in the dressing room smoking ham. And he's all got the the scenery munchies. Oh,
1: it's just... I forgot how really, like I said, good natured this film is. Even though it is sleazy as hell.
0: Yeah, I mean it, the talent. It's like mean, every, it could be sleazy. You know,
1: like every ten minutes, like here's a boob. Yeah, the boobs and it, are
0: innocent.
2: It's got that innocent, like casting directors, a horn dog because there's there's not a woman in this that isn't beautiful and scantily clad.
1: But also, just, you'll notice that
2: there's no old there is, throne. There's no, like, just like, you know, like the, the barmaid. Every every woman is yeah. it's like,
1: hello. <laughs> but but you'll also notice that the even though the women are there primarily to be dressed in little or nothing, mm-hmm. they do seem to have some agency. I mean they're beating up I mean the, 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 the um the, the courtesans in in what I'm assuming is Oh is the courtesans the spa. are cool. They're the cool. courtesans are, are are beating up guards after Talon leaves. Yeah, as soon
2: as they meet Talon they're DTF. <laughs> <laughs> down to
0: freedom? What? Exactly.
1: Oh man They're,
2: they're DTS down to swashbuck. They're yeah. swash, they're swashbuckle bunnies, is what they are. Yeah,
1: swashbuckle your sword. Sorry, that's that was rude. Anyway, that's funny. that
2: that's uh, okay. <laughs>
1: um, it's 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 a testament to what you can do with little. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest problems with um, movie go with uh, mainstream movie going today is that they just throw money at stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, that can solve a lot of problems, but I mean, in 2020, you know, in the last 10 years, chances are you're not going to be given a shit camera from your studio to use. You, you, you know, you're going to have the appropriate audio recording equipment if you have any sort of budget whatsoever. And even right. if, so technically, there's really no reason other than complete ineptitude or lack of experience that your movie should look like shit, unless it's yes. a stylistic choice for it to look like or shit. Or more
1: importantly, Chris, lack of thought. Uh, yeah, that's the th- that's the thing is I think they had four billion dollars dollars to do this film. So yeah, you they, have to think what about, about what can you do you effectively. Yeah, with yeah. this budget.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I'm trying to think. I, I'm sure there were matte paintings in the movie, and if there were, I couldn't pick them out just because everything looked, you know. I mean, it's shot. It, I mean, the film stock is pretty. Pretty bad and the film's p- poorly did the print that I saw was pretty poorly degraded. But I mean that might have covered up some of the glaring problems mm-hmm. with the movie. They, but they,
2: they really they they dressed the sets well, they kept things close as they kept the shots as close as possible for as much right. time, but they always made sure that he always made sure to have something sorta of in the foreground, the mid ground and the background, so it was always interesting and moving and you know and lit on all the layers yeah, and so and so you get you get away with happening. smaller sets and mm-hmm. and yeah. you know it wasn't big on like panoramas and when they had panoramas it was just when the when the when nature was conducive to that
1: yeah and you'll notice that um there's something happening roughly every 5 minutes in this film yep. yeah it moves man <laughs> It moves something cool you're seeing you're either seeing something cool or you're watching somebody do something cool
0: yeah i mean they they talent gets a lot of great hero shots it's like man somebody somebody really liked playing dungeons and dragons in this in the 70s (laughs) and and really liked having the you know frank Frazetta posters on their wall because i mean it's it's kind of just like the greatest hits of that it's like oh i took all the stuff from my dungeons and dragons campaign Mm -hmm that I was running, and I crammed it all into this 90-minute movie, and and I just want to get that stuff on
2: screen. And then they they sort of overcomplicated the plot a little to make it seem, you know, epic. (laughs) Bigger, yeah. (laughs) Simple
0: revenge tale would have worked, too
2: yeah 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 but it it was a little overcomplicated. so you're like yeah what's going on but then you're like ah, i don't care because it's just won't stop moving
1: yeah but I mean, you know uh, what even though there are complications the basic bear the the, the spine is still there that you can yeah. understand yeah Here's by the this end guy. of it you've he got it, this you've... guy's father and mother now now he's back to get revenge on this guy who wants to marry this girl
0: and yeah. And also all the people that lived in the city where I grew up are now trying to rebel. OK, got it. Yeah. OK. And, and I think they were just well, looking and then there's for was somebody a demon that was alive, though.
2: the demon that was brought back and then killed. But it's been around and the demon wants his. you know, there's yeah, there's all that, all that stuff. And it just sort of like after a while, I remember being like wait a minute, where's demon guy who obviously wasn't really dead, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then you have to wait, you know, another 40 minutes. But it, it doesn't matter, you know? The and only by the thing time I found
1: it... was kind of chintzy was them trying to sell the danger Kath, um, Kathleen Beller was in with the, with the phony snake. <laughs> that is the only time I'm like, okay, now you're overreaching it. Yeah, it, it wasn't looked, the worst
0: it good enough to me it was it's not as good as the fake snake and Conan but I mean no. that had a more of a budget so what are you gonna do yeah
2: no but the the guy the guy shedding his skin was
0: oh um, yeah when they when they do decide amazing. to do something super fantasy and super graphic in this it it plays yeah that was that was what
1: did they do with the witch at the beginning yeah you want me to prove I'm a sorcerer oh, if I must you know, uh in the heart.
2: <laughs> yeah, you gotta top that. You gotta top that, Indiana Jones.
1: Yeah, that was before
0: Temple of Doom, man. That, it just? was. Ah, well, and before uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, too, with somebody ripping themselves out of somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So this, I mean, I, I don't know what happened to to. Him as a director, to be honest. Like I said, this is this is one of his best-looking pictures. Even even today, I mean, you look at his later films, yeah. and they they, they look low-budget and they look kind of chintzy.
0: I mean, it's it's one of those things. I mean, that might just be the. The level that he was comfortable at though too it's like all right yeah. well it only costs a little bit of money i'm going to be able to bang it out in three two or three weeks and if it doesn't have a huge return at least i've delivered the thing on time i had yeah. fun doing it i had an experience i've gotten some other people some experience
1: because i'm sure it's this... a
2: really good set you know yeah. all the people that worked on it might have been really good and oh, it just it yeah. everything came together really well, well you, but, know. you know you it... And the other if thing is, it doesn't, it doesn't look like they were rushing, you know, it looks like they had time to to like, you know, work stuff out really nicely, you know, really nicely, you know, they they did a lot of stuff that, you know, camera well, moves and, about... and stuff you would have had to practice, you know, around the well, set. Mean, not
0: everybody's an auteur and not everybody wants to be an auteur, you yeah. know.
1: But I mean the impression that I've always gotten from looking at Pyun in interviews and such is that he was just a good guy. And if you're a good guy and you are fun to be around, your rarity and people in Hollywood. will come back and yeah. do your films. If you get your
2: movies if you get your movies done and on budget too. That's, yeah, I mean, uh, that's
1: why for all the people who wonder why adam sandler is able to make so many movies it's because of that it's because he is off uh offset a genuinely good guy who makes sure that it, he has a fun atmosphere when he's making his movies well that's because he make, makes
2: him with all his friends <laughs> and Not they get they get to hang no, out that's... they get they get to get paid and then He'll do he'll do like I can't remember the name of the the diamond movie he just did recently uncut gems. He'll he'll do he'll do an uncut gems and where where he'll get like star money for it and then he yeah. can make two or three you know direct to Netflix or whatever you know he with all with all his buddies that will make a lot of money too Netflix on a super low like budget.
1: But that's the thing, that is the thing that I've heard about him, is that he's just really nice to hang around, and you have this first positive... That's why Al Pacino was in freaking Jack and Jill. God, because forgot. he liked hanging around with him.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay. it's something to be sa- There is something to be said for that. I mean, if you don't feel like you're working, then it's not really yeah. like work. <laughs> I'm just biting my tongue. Like I, to I, I, hang hate, out. I hate me
2: some Adam Sandler. I'm not a not an Adam Sandler fan. I, I am not. I'm, to, I'm not trying to be I'm nice.
1: Doing this has a has um, uh, a a endorsement of Adam Sandler. Uh
2: huh. Sure feels but like I am, it.
1: I, <laughs> I am doing this. I'm doing this to make to make a point. And I think Albert Piyun may have been the same person, which is why he got cuz even even later on in his career he was Tried getting to like some...
2: albert pune
1: <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> just a light tap ah <laughs> god
2: damn it it was okay. worth it
1: one slightly harder than that
2: There. Yeah. yeah
1: Um, no, but I mean, if you don't scream at people and you don't make things a bad experience, hit people when they they disagree with you you and like stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to want to work with you. Unless, of course, you've got the art to back it up. You can be somebody like William Friedkin, who shot guns <laughs> off on set to scare people during The Exorcist, and it worked. And it worked. <laughs> no, but that's the thing is that he oh, was st- a, he Stanley produced.
2: Kubrick used to terrorize people.
1: Yeah. Um. Heck, he terrorized Shirley, uh, <laughs> D- Duvall so much she refused to work again.
2: Yeah, if 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 yeah, if you pull that shit in low budget filmmaking, you make one low budget film.
1: Yeah. yeah. But um. Yeah, but it, it's just a simple thing. If you if you make sure people have a good working experience, they'll be more inclined to say, "Okay, I will come and do your next film." You know, it's it's simple as that. Um. But speaking about this film, this this film rocks. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah. I the first time I saw this, uh, I was probably so. I was, this came out in '82. I was yep. probably like '88 or '89. It was on the local UHF state, one of the local UHF stations in Boston. And uh, I mean, I got sucked in. So I was probably probably no more than at ten, at the absolute oldest. Yeah.
1: And it also follows something I've always said. If you want people to want you to make a series, tell a good story first. Yeah. I think that the fact that this was a very simple, it was an exciting story, made made people who viewed this movie want that Tales of the Ancient Empire. Whereas a lot of times with big budget movie making now it's like here and this is gonna pay off in the second and third film and this and that and, and people don't, yeah, buy you don't have
2: that luxury and yeah yeah it's, you
1: don't
0: just unless you're there, already filming it, it don't don't say anything
2: and that rare that rarely pays off anyway that that very very rarely pays off so you know yeah i mean i'm surprised like like a company like canon wasn't prepared to immediately exploit the sequel potential to this as soon as it started making a lot of money i'm i I can't believe
1: even if it wasn't
2: meant to be they they you know they and it could still be like Hey, we got four million more dollars, you know, and everybody's got a job again for the next six well, months. Well, we
1: made thirty-nine point yeah. one million dollars. Maybe right. we should take four more four dollars of four million dollars of that to make a second film and see if we can yeah. make more money. Yep. Yeah. Um it's oh, what am I I that's just like I've always said if if I got lots of money i would i would go to, to, to directors i love and say hey here's a million dollars do whatever you want you're not getting anything more you have only that million dollars to work with but show whatever it is whatever crazy idea you have you can do it yeah it would be fun Ex- exactly because and this is proof that i mean there's some crazy ideas here but they made it work within the the confines and it paid off um sadly like i said we did not get tales from an ancient empire until 2012.
0: <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> 20 D- years is a long time
1: that's a long time and um, although it was had been in production since 2008 and it was supposed to star in addition to lee horsley returning uh, Christopher Lambert, Kevin Sorbo, and Yancy Butler. And uh Lambert and Butler did not appear in the final uh released film. Kevin Sorbo will appear in most anything, just so he can complain about it. Fuck that guy. Hercules. Hercules Yeah, yeah fuck fuck Hercules. Fuck that Hercules. And and he and he you know his bullshit.
2: Schwarzenegger will always be my Hercules. Hercules. In New York, Hercules. Hercules in New York.
1: Not you, you. You don't like Lou Ferrigno?
2: I like
0: the Ferrigno. I like Hercules. Lou. I like Lou Ferrigno. I do yeah, like about the Lou Hercules. Ferrigno
1: Hercules. Is the fact that they use robot animations?
0: It's so. them those movies are so weird, but I I can't I can't hate them. And the, you know more stuff that I was exposed to on UHF.
1: That was a thing, though. It was like because of Conan, doing I think better than anybody expected. Yeah. There was this blossoming of sword and sorcery cinema, and I think some of the Italian stuff is pretty good, even though it is super rapey.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of sleaze once we start yeah. getting into the the low fantasy stuff.
1: But um. I think that a lot of people just didn't understand low fantasy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and low
1: low fantasy is is
0: not there to make you think. And, and look, I'm a a, a Tolkien, Mark, like a son of a bitch. But the other side of that is I also just like when it's, all right, um, here's the real buff badass dude and he's going to go whoop some ass. And I love that, too, because each thing fulfills a different pleasure center in my brain. Yeah, yeah.
1: Which is also why I think the um, the reboot of Conan didn't work with Jason Momoa. I now, see. I actually had a good time watching that. I was like,
0: oh, eh, they're pulling a lot of more stuff from the actual Howard stuff here. So I'm but gonna. The
1: atmosphere was wrong. In yeah, that...
0: I would say that too. But I mean, that was great casting. I mean, Jesus Christ, yeah. he looks—he
1: looks like the way Conan's written in the in the stories. It's just that I think that if, let's say, they had put that movie out in uh, the early aughts, when yeah. the when the atmosphere, the movie going atmosphere was, we want something dark, and we want something low and brutal. I think that film would have been a success.
0: I, I think it should have been. I, I at the end of it, I was like, oh, man, it's too bad this didn't make any money." Because I'd I'd keep you know keep making you know, t- little ten twelve million dollar Conan movies every couple of years, and you'll put my it's butt in the seat. It's
1: difficult to make a sort. I mean, it, it is because you have to have fantasy monsters.
0: Okay, it's twenty. It's the twenty. It's the two thousands. You should be able to make a fantasy monster either in practical or with digital effects at this point, or both. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But it, it's it's not that difficult. I mean, half of micro-budgeted um, cinema these days is people walking around the woods. Yeah, give them a sword, and give one guy a a, a lizard mask, and it'll look better.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Let's I mean, the lizard,
1: the, the lizard and the sword.
0: Lizard and the sword. right. I'm down for it. How
1: about how about a lizard barbarian with a sword?
0: Ooh. <laughs> so the lizard barbarian with a sword. I get. I mean, if he's a lizard, I get. If it was Dungeons and Dragons, he'd probably get a bite attack and a sword attack. So. And a sword yeah, attack. Yeah, do it. Tail. Do
1: it,
0: baby. Tail attack. Oh, and that, a tail. And yeah.
1: There, there is a a, a certain. Um, just visceral childhood. It's the same reason why I fell in love with uh, uh, Ray Harryhausen films when I was a kid. Oh, I, you know, I wasn't think that. Yeah,
0: this almost has the same tone.
1: Yes, there is. A well, yeah,
0: because visceral... they would like.
1: Go ahead.
2: They would come across a nice like in the woods a nice like set where there's a path and there's rocks and be like if we had a guy up on this rock and you know this guy came running around the other side of the you know and and figure it out like kids playing in the woods Mm -hmm. that it pushes pushes all those buttons and the thing is you can do it like the thing is the the way people shoot nowadays it would be like a million cuts and stuff this was like they planned it out like 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 Ray Harryhausen would right. set up the rocks and be like okay, and then the skeleton will come around here. Right, and it looks that way. It's staged like Ray yeah. Harryhausen. No,
0: no sword fight should ever be quick cut because see, right. this is
1: the biggest problem with I have with a lot of fight choreography these days, which Most is that it's shit. fight choreography should be like dancing. Yep.
0: In the you pre- should inning, all it, the you time should
1: have it in a series of mid to long mid to long shots so you can appreciate the physicality of the participants There's
2: a mean, pro- I, I, this this is stems from uh, what when and one of the first cooks I ever worked with in a kitchen would talk about like he he hate, you know every once in a while you would have to you would have an emergency and you would have to cook something using a shortcut to do it right but he was loathe to do it and he was loathe to tell anybody how to do it or anything <laughs> he's like because once the sh- once a shortcut gets out of the you know gets right. out of the basket you can't get it back in and then everybody wants to do the shortcut all the time and that's what's happening with action movies is like you like you have a crew, and they're just used to okay. We're setting up an action scene, okay, and and everybody sort of knows how to do that stuff. You you just shoot from a a, a few different angles this way, and then they'll cut it all together. You know, if you get enough of these, they'll be able right. to cut it. They can jiggle it digitally and stuff, and you can do it a lot faster that way. Yeah, it turns out as crap, you know.
1: Well, it turns out as crap because you can't follow right a fight like a dance, tells a story. Right. And it pulls and you
2: into it. You can't get pulled into it when it's just like... When you do get pulled into it, it's just like being... It's like a baby being shaken.
1: Exactly. Yes. Well, so to speak.
2: Don't shake the baby. <laughs> so, but
1: the, the thing, thing staff is... public
2: service announcements, the, local public service announcements that just came out and said, don't shake the baby. <laughs> okay, I won't.
1: I, where's the baby? I didn't know we had a baby. <laughs> anyway, so so, but the thing is, is that you're telling a story with these two people's movements. The whole concept so- that happens that started somewhere in the in the late nineties that we had to be feel like we are in the middle of the fight, which is why we should emphasize close-ups. And shaky cam and quick cuts. Yeah. Well, Take it was cool at weight.
2: first because it was new and some t- and it wasn't used as a crutch. It was just sort of yeah. thrown in there here and there, you know. But you still would sort of know what was going on. But then it just sort of took over.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that you just, especially when you're dealing with sword fighting or martial arts. Where there is a skill involved. You want to... One of the things that that we've said a couple of times on the Honeywell Experiment is... When you do a movie, you set somebody up as being good at his job and let him do his job. Yeah. And that counts for sword fighting and, uh, you know, sword fighting and martial arts. You, you, You want... You tell us, hey, this guy's a good martial artist...
0: And, and you know, there was a time in the in the in the mid nineties where I thought I thought that's the way things were gonna be going. And I'm gonna reference a flick here. The first Mortal Kombat movie. Oh yeah. All right, you can think what you can think what you want about the the movie in and of itself.
1: No, they I, actually I, I'm a big no, I'm I'm a big proponent of the first Mortal Kombat.
0: I, I absolutely love it. I think to put that series into a PG thirteen context and have it retain the feel of that world does a great job but the biggest thing is they actually shot the fights in a way that made them brutal exciting entertaining and you could follow every single thing so i thought right. that's the way american fight scenes were going to start going and then i mean I, and i like the first matrix movie a lot right. and but again that's also highfalutin in terms yes. of you know, the wire work and everything mm-hmm. the, it, it, I, part of the problem is is that if you want the big name actors to be in your movie mm-hmm. with like a, you know with a, a a well-known property or character mm-hmm. or franchise a lot of them aren't going to put the work in to yeah make it look good yeah you so got wait,
2: some you some, of, some of them love to do that stuff like harrison ford loved like doing stunts and you know we're work, working working out the 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 blocking of yeah. doing a whole scene and, and you and and the and there's I mean you can tell there's some I mean in the Star Wars movies as suit that that had to do with like, you know, people being Star Wars fans all the but like when in the in the prequel starting from the prequel trilogies, when somebody picked up a lightsaber, they were working with a swordsman, you know, and they were really into it,
0: you know. Yeah, and again it, it was ends that, up shows. The, that late nineties thing, and then all of a sudden the shaky cam thing got big because it was cheaper, faster, and easier to do. Yeah. And it's, uh, like, the the first Christopher Nolan Batman movie. I like Batman Begins. Then they had him actually have to do hand-to-hand fighting. I was like, what the fuck is this garbage? Like, it, it's What's Batman. I should be yeah. able to see him beating the shit Why? out of everybody. And as much as I don't like Batman versus Superman, that actually showed me Batman fighting the way Batman should that, fight. That
2: actually had some fight sequences that were linear. I mean that like that's it's like faint praise, but there were linear fight scenes where it like you could feel impact, you know, yeah. you felt impacts and you were you you know, it drew it drew you into it. It was it was but that's how I mean Zack Snyder is like he does his stuff like a commercial. He play he does you know say whatever I will say about Zack Snyder. He he plans his shit out. What it, whatever he wants to do, it's it's planned out on the screen and then done. And it's I mean it was like that's why I think people went nuts when Fury Road came out mm-hmm. because that was two hours of. You knowing where everybody was, what they were doing yeah, yeah. in relation and, to everybody else, what
1: was and it happening. married
0: what the on set were. with green screen, with digital effects, with real stunts the way that you're supposed to. Yes.
1: And it also featured characters that you knew and you cared about. Yeah. 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 You know yeah, yeah. that film is that film is, is Furiosa's film and you don't you're not given everything about her in one big vomit of the exposition yeah. but to learn enough about her to care about her
2: that's but that's the thing about like george miller mm-hmm. mad max movies is they now have their own language they mm-hmm. have their and if you speak of that language you go in and you just pick it up right from the beginning I can't tell you how fun it was. Hero is yeah. there when we watched it. Oh yeah. That yeah, was
0: one of the best movie experiences when, of my adult life. When, when for the sure. bulging
2: when the bulging eyeballs from Mad Max flashed on the screen in the first, you know, <laughs> oh, five god, minutes. Oh god, we were movie, we were both
0: foaming at Hero the mouth and I were and about stomping the
1: whole yeah, we were, the movie.
2: We were about ready to explode. We were just like, Oh, he's speaking the language. He's, he's speaking gonna, the language. He, I
1: understand. But it comes back to what we were saying. There's something cool going on every second of that film
0: pretty much yeah even every, in the quiet scenes
1: just one that's that, really every five minutes that is like every 30 seconds there is something visually cool going on yes and it is still a coherent it's like it's a coherent story so yes of course we're just like reeled into it as opposed to a lot of a lot of other things that are made well, at the same time. I
2: think there's a line being, you know, there when when you get right down to it, it's coming right down. When I hear like young people talking about anything they're making, they're calling it content, you know. Yeah. And and there's a there's a language a language a visual language that's developing on the internet and stuff, and it's mm-hmm. going into movies because a lot of people are watching their movies at home now, and. Yeah and so like it's i I think there's just gonna be this cut point where like where you where there's pop movies Mm -hmm. and you know the there already is a distinguishment but uh it's going to become more striking between like cinema that's where somebody goes like let's plan this out as a piece of storytelling and stuff and to be like okay we got to make an action movie so you know, okay, we got this crew, crew you know, you know, first team and second team. They all know the score. Just get those cameras out there and get them wiggling. You right. guys, swing your swords near each other. There you go. Okay, let's go. Next scene.
1: I mean, I think, in a way, watching this again made me yearn for the time when there was a place for a medium budgeted film like this, yeah, yeah I mean I, this I, would be a micro budget film now, oh yeah, but this is I mean four four million dollars is I mean it's it's on the upper end of of low budget and has but the thing is it used to be you used to have the big blockbusters. You'd have four or five big blockbusters every season you would have (coughs) excuse me the low budget films the grindhouse films that were coming out constantly and in between you would have medium sized films that you could uh, direct towards specific audiences and we don't have that anymore it's either everything has to be either a blockbuster or it's got to be a low budget film there's no medium budget anymore.
2: I, I I think it's starting to develop in the the um movies by real du- like real directors and actors that come out on Netflix and stuff. There's what was that I, one about I, global warming? Is like I a medium budget right now,
1: movie. Netflix is just throwing money at anything they well. think, and that's why we get dull gray stuff. Dull gray stuff like Red Notice. Yeah,
0: that was pretty boring.
1: Or, or um, like extraction, and now we've got like, extraction two coming this year, and we've got uh, this this new film where um, Wonder Woman. Well, you know, you know what her her real name is. She's Wonder Woman. You know, she's Wonder Woman. It does some some crazy things.
2: Well, well, like I'm thinking, like um, the Bill and Ted sequel, the Pee Wee Herman movie. Huey Herman movie might have been more in the micro budget realm. But, you know, or or, or even, even well, I guess the, the Matrix sequel was probably high budget. Like,
1: yeah. the, the, like the, the, the Matrix sequel should not that 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 last Matrix film should not count because it was a coerced film. It was a film where literally Warner Brothers said.
2: Right, we're uh, gonna make it if make you don't make it. Make, make a it.
1: sequel, and they're like, well, we, "We really don't want to." It's
2: like, yeah, if you that's,
1: don't that's make that, a sequel.
2: That, that, they, we're but but do they went and then they Twitch baked Twitch it. They suck. baked that. In, they baked it into the movie, which yeah, I mean, I mean, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel as much like a part of the other Matrix movies as it does its own. With all that baked in it makes it inter- it makes it it made me interested. I was I was I enjoyed it because I was like, okay, this is you know, it was in pretty insanely meta and yeah. I was dig I was but digging it.
1: Scream 4 was the same thing. Scream 4 was was a dimension was he he who is the real evil in any film. Uh, went to Wes Craven and said, "Make a make a sequel to another sequel to Scream." And it's, and Wes is like, I, "I already did my Scream movies. It's Like, if you don't do it, we're gonna give it to somebody else, and I'm sure it'll suck." <sighs> and so, Scream Four is all about is is Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson talking about how reboots yeah. suck. Which yeah. is what makes it great.
2: Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that that stuff gets it gets baked into it. And over the years, as yeah. it gets written about and stuff more, it'll become even don't get more me interesting. Started on
1: the moment that Wes Craven died, people start going, let's do Scream 5. And like, because that's just, dis- I think that was disrespectful. I don't care how good the movie was. That was disrespectful.
2: Well. Yeah, the same thing for the fact I, You don't go to like, Hollywood for respect.
1: That's the, guy, true. the guy breathes his last breath, and the next thing you hear is yeah. his estate going, We are now accepting proposals for Nightmare on Elm Street. reboot yeah, I'm surprised
2: they didn't have his hologram announcing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, the way it's going.
1: <laughs> but, um, but yeah, n- n- but we're, we're not talking about that. We're talking about a good film, we're talking about yeah. a film that we like very much, and I definitely recommend it.
0: Oh yeah, there's, there's, absolutely. If you're if you're any sort of fan of low budget cinema, or uh, low fantasy, or just '80s movies in general, and you haven't seen this in some form of fashion in the last forty years, then yeah, you definitely owe it to yourself to. To find this one, I mean, it's got to be available probably everywhere.
2: I saw when I was when I when I was a young man on Cinemax, and all I remember was was having super low expectations for it because really bad sword and sorcery movies were a dime a dozen at this point in time.
1: Yeah, they were being like,
2: "Wow, somebody took some like being like same as now." this is was very enjoyable, and I was a lot younger and and some nudity for me too.
1: Is even though it appears only in the very beginning and the very end of the film, you remember that sword. You remember that? Yeah, I haven't watched this in a long
0: time, but I fired it up this morning and I was saying to myself, "All right, see, I'm trying to think of what I can remember before it happens." Right. Uh But yeah, the creepy, creepy lizard sorcerer. Yep. Yeah. Remember that. Remember Talon getting crucified. Remember that. Yes. Remember the the three-bladed sword. Remembered the, the the Zusha ripping himself out of the other guy. Uh-huh. Just. Oh you know man. what
2: I remembered? The woman getting her butt oiled. <laughs> I was like, when that scene came up, I'm like, Oh, yeah. Well
0: see, that's, <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. I haven't watched it on UHF for the first time. I didn't get right. any of that stuff right. the first yeah, time, so but, I was stuck yeah. with just the other visuals. You know, I
2: got the I got the full Cinemax experience, you know, at probably like 2 in the morning, like eating popcorn with a couple friends over at my friend who had HBO. I thought you were going it. somewhere
1: else with that when but, you started but, I mean, that. The frame. point I'm making is we remember that we rem- even though... um. They were hoping to make a series out of this. The fact that that they gave us a couple of things for our mind to latch on to. The sword. Lizard face. um, You know. Allowed this movie to live on in our minds long after the story itself kind of faded away.
0: Yeah. I You know, it's it, it's one of those formative things for me. Like this and and Conan the Destroyer, I saw that one first because it was PG thirteen and not right. R. Uh, but my you know, and my my mother is not super into like the super violent stuff or a lot of nudity. Uh, right. My dad would have no problem. Like he, you know, he had a buddy that had HBO, so he'd be coming home with all the you know, Ator the Fighting Eagle and like uh, every, yes. every every other. How much other, is in this film? Yeah, every God, every, so every other low-budget 80s dark fantasy movie. Like, my dad knew I was I, I was into it, and, you know, we we would play Dungeons & Dragons, so it's like, I, t- right. I got a steady stream of all that stuff, you know? And it's...
1: Uh, Beastmaster.
0: Be- Beastmaster. Yeah, like everything. I'm it, trying
1: to imagine what it would be like if in the 80s they got Albert Pune to do a Dungeons & Dragons movie.
0: It would have been awesome, because he probably would have done it for hardly any money yes. and it would have been awesome because he probably would have been he's probably the kind yeah. of guy that would have been like i'm going to accurately represent the classes that are available in dungeons and dragons and
1: which in, in
0: that, there weren't that many i
2: mean there was in everything in, the, yeah, in this movie everything that he would need to make a dungeons and dragons movie was in this movie so yeah. you know he's I mean, like,
0: I'm, I'm looking I i'm looking a, forward to the movie I that's coming out but
2: you know a, a Dungeons and Dragons movie does not have to be high budget and and these days i hope this movie understands that there's so many podcasters out there who are just doing campaigns yeah and and it turns out to be all about the characters that's why people tune into it is because i mean i'm sure they like the campaigns and the campaigns are fun or funny or exciting or whatever but like when, it, you know, I mean, that's what D&D, D&D is a bunch of friends hanging out and and playing D&D together. So I, I, I hope the movies realize that spectacle is just not is not necessarily the key to to my, unlock because it doesn't seem it. like they've been able to get it right. Yet, yeah. You know,
1: my big worry is, is like, well, we have to have the dragon in it. We have to have an ice dragon in it and we have to have this in it. You know, it's going to be a Husker It's like, you remember playing Dungeons and & Dragons and coming across a Beholder for the first time, right? It's yeah. better
2: to have certain types of characters in it, and that's what yeah. you're important thing and I mean, my it.
0: ultimate dream was, you know, give somebody $50 million to adapt the cartoon, but, you know, that's not going
1: to happen. This is all you need for a Dungeons & Dragons movie. A guy who's a fighter. Uh, a sorcerer. A uh, A thief. Who may be like a halfling or a, a dwarf? I
0: think I think they have to use gnomes now, Thomas.
1: Okay. Or and <laughs> and an, an elf.
0: <laughs> no, I meant that's because no, I that's know, the, I know. I know. That's I'm just laughing.
2: Deep I'm deep. just I'm just seeing a bunch of gnomes like looking over like what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> four people. You just need four people. You know, one for each of the basic classes. And a couple of cool monsters. You don't need to build a fucking fantasy world. Let us build the fantasy. Right, that's right, the, right. No, just a I, part I of just, just that re- just that
2: corner of it that you're dealing with, like you would right. in a campaign.
1: Right. It could be I, any. I still contend that the reason why Star Wars lit the minds of little kids on fire back in 1977 was because we didn't know everything about the world.
2: Yeah. No, the world was just sitting there and everything yeah. was happening in and, it. And, and, so and the, and
1: the little kids were like, gee, I wonder what this is like. And I wonder what this is like. And they would make their own stories up around yeah. the things that they, they saw in this world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They I should. mean, if you've got two hours to tell, to, to you know, ostensibly. Yeah. I mean, world building's great, but you can do it through, you know, a passing remark or just showing a landscape, you know, one place is clean and bright, you know, that it's being well-maintained, or, you know, and and, and people seem like they have money, or if you get got another place that just looks like shit, you can tell that something either happened there that was really horrible. All you have
2: to do is make each movie basically a campaign, make that campaign interesting, and then as the movies pile up, it's going to build its own. It'll build it sort of on that, and then you can... It'll get built just in, fa- like, they should probably grab one of the, find what, one of the especially good out of the millions of podcast groups that do their D&D thing and grab somebody that does really engaging campaigns. And or say, you like, know what? All right, I'm we'll gonna- grab that. We'll grab them and use their, their format for a movie.
1: Won't and, even oh, have to do, you don't even have to do that. You have the license so you can go back to a Gary Gygax dungeon crawl. Yep, has has the spine of your film yeah. built
2: up No built I up mean already. you use use dread as a te- template, you know the dread I mean the Dredge dread world is a massively formed world yeah. and stuff and dread just like said oh, all right we'll do we'll do um you know um of fucking run from the bottom of this housing yeah. complex to the top you know it's it's super. You know, it seems like a suicidal way to do the Judge Dread thing. The opposite of what like Stallone did with his, which was to go big budget, build the world, and stuff. This one just like basically established a few characters and then just did did its thing. And and it worked, Gangbusters, because it was true to its thing. Right, it was true. it, It felt like reading a gritty ass. Judge Dredd, they
1: wanted to they wanted to, well people are going to want to see the Cursed Earth and people are going to want to see the Cannibal Guys and people are going to want to see an ABC Warrior.
2: They want to see a lot of things.
1: Yeah, no, but the thing is they want to they, see, they're Dred- so people interested are going to want to in- see Judge Dredd's face. Yeah, oh, oh, no, that was, that was well, i like, <laughs> uh, I don't want to be wearing a mask I the whole time. The
2: whole movie without this beautiful mug out there.
1: Yeah, so, I, don't,
0: I don't hate that movie. <laughs> No,
1: I don't. I don't, that. I don't a, hate that. I don't, don't see it as a, either,
2: it as a Judge it's Dredd
0: not, movie. I just it's, see it as a Stallone movie.
2: It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't capture the grit of no. Judge Dredd. It's whereas
1: it's, we know just enough in the movie Dread, the Alex Garland film. Yeah, for us to understand what is going on. Yeah, but it still gives you a sense of a wider world.
2: Yeah, that's how the comics did it anyway the comics had 20 years to build that wider world and this one one was like okay let's start at the beginning one of
1: the biggest mistakes I think that they did with the most recent Hellboy film was forcing Lobster Johnson into it
0: I mean I got a kick out of seeing it but
1: yeah but it's there's no reason for Lobster Johnson to be in this story no but they still they they had this whole flashback just to put Lobster Johnson in the story because they they they, they figured people are going to get excited seeing Lobster Johnson.
0: Yeah, the Hellboy. I mean, comics we, we are, sure.
1: but the plebs that you're
0: trying to get in.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Have a vague Tell recollection of like Ron
2: Crollman. And, and the fandom of Hellboy is is a lot, a lot smaller than the fandom of say a Marvel or a DC yeah. movie too. So pulling out somebody from. It's like okay, it's nice for a nod to the fan, but I don't. I think yeah. they're barking up the wrong tree. You know, Hellboy. And,
1: and the thing was, they had the they had the spine of a decent film there because yeah. they had. A are you filler.
2: talking Hellboy two? Or are you talking? No, the, the Hellboy two or the Hellboy,
1: most recent film that was directed by Neil Marshall.
0: You haven't seen it, Chris? No, I haven't.
2: I only saw the original Hellboy, and I remember liking it, but thinking. This is just like it's good, but it's good as a jumping-off point. Uh, Now, now that they've got it set up, I mean, Hellboy two, and then I never watched Hellboy two, but I heard that was pretty
1: much. Hellboy two is fucking fantastic. Yeah, Hellboy two is looking around, going like, "Okay, nobody's watching. Let's go crazy."
0: No, like that's do do, that. do, do do yourself a favor and watch Hellboy Two, Chris. Oh, I,
2: have, I I. The only reason I haven't watched Hellboy Two is because it's been so long since I saw Hellboy One that I would want to watch. That I <laughs> you don't been. you
0: don't need to. Just, just I know I don't jump need to.
1: right in, man. But um, but the the thing is that the the most recent one that the reboot that was made, um. Oh, four years ago now. About four years ago, I went to see it in the theater specifically because I wanted to support Neil Marshall. I as my, I like Hellboy as a property, but I I was more there because I want people to know that I will support Neil Marshall, and I want Neil Marshall to do more theatrical features. Yeah, but you had a decent villain. You had there's a skeleton of a good story in there but it's constantly sc- screwed up by all the things like and here's this new character and she punches ghosts
0: yeah it's it has it has the overstuffing
1: problem yeah exactly it's all about it's all about the the producer saying, see how cool this, this world is? You wanna come back and visit it some more.
2: Well also of- it's I'll put a whole bunch of people in. Maybe someone'll be really popular and we can make a lot of money off it too, you know? It's
1: I mean uh, but but the thing is it's like there's this one character in this Hellboy feature who for the first half of the film seems to be just a normal a normal girl who has like a psychic sensitivity because she was exposed to um, the fae world at a young age and then in the middle of the film as they're running through the forest in an action sequence we see that she can punch ghosts okay and I'm like no we don't need punching ghosts we don't need lobster johnson and um the, yeah, you know, there's just too much look at this cool shit and not enough here's a good story
2: if you guys take a little look up my uh, damsel in distress just I don't dress see you'll, your you'll story. see why I was called Lobster Johnson in high school <laughs> Virginia <laughs>
0: does that mean it's red or it has pinchers
2: <laughs> why can't it be both <laughs> oh, why not both okay. oh god it screams when you put it in boiling water oh!
1: <laughs> Whatever you so do, don't that. show it's it not to, to the del Toro.
2: <laughs> it's also served with 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 warm melted butter.
1: Bronze so or... I think we all agree that this is a very enthusiastic please go see this film. Yeah. Yes, you should see this one. Of all
0: the eighties low budget fantasy ones to see. Yeah. To watch, this is the one you should start with. Yeah. And no, this was somebody was, was excited say,
2: about making a film and they really like they, 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 they put a lot of they put a lot of charm and effort into it. More than more than you have to do when someone hands you four million dollars to make a movie for canon. They uh, you know, above and beyond Yeah, well
1: this was made before can before Pion and Canon got together, but uh yeah, no, and it, it it's a great I think example for people to look at. Uh, if they want to do the low budget thing.
2: Yep. How to start a low budget career.
1: Actually, yes. how to how
2: to have a low budget career would be to study if, if instead of study, you know, study, study this guy, study Corman, you know, stuff like study, that. Study,
1: Of course, our good friend Brian, Trenchard Brian Smith, Trenchard who will, Smith uh, who will be returning to the podcast this June to talk about a film I've been dying to talk about him with for four years.
2: Study Graydon Clark too.
1: Yeah, study Graydon Clark. Study uh, study Robert, Robert early Roger Robert Rodriguez. Sure. I mean, hell, find those find those little uh, extras he used to put on his his uh, DVD five minute film school things. Five yeah, film school. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is possible to get people excited about something without forcing a world into things. It's as simple as that, and this is a good case where I, I, I think, if I, I did not have that coming, st- look for Talon's next adventure at the end, I wouldn't be looking for a next adventure. But I wouldn't, but I would still want more of this character, and I would probably have gone home and wrote stuff about this character.
2: I would, I, yeah, I would, I would watch the second movie of this. As a matter of fact, the second movie of this could be even better because now everybody's all the characters are all established and stuff. So, mm-hmm. just like. Uh,
1: <coughs> well, the thing is, Conan you go more.
2: I don't think could... Conan Destroy was a better movie than Conan, but it was a more fun movie. It was, it was a more, right. you know, It was a more lively, you know. It was the, it was the comic book version.
1: Yeah! 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 So, uh, I want to thank, of course, our barbarian correspondent. That's a great hair metal hero. Oh, the, happy to be the here. The massacreer of Massachusetts. <laughs> sure. The battler of Boston.
0: Uh, <laughs> not, not for some time. My battle the days are over. Okay. I settled I, down. Just on pen and paper.
1: I got a wife and, wife and cat to support. Damn right. Um, so, so, Chris, you can be, you and I do this every month, although a lot less free roaming, uh, <laughs> not the Losers Lounge, and in fact, in a few weeks, you're going to hear us talk about Cutthroat Island, which, uh-huh. well, pirates. yes, pirates, and Gina Davis dressed, there is never anything wrong with a woman dressed as a pirate, I'm going to that right now, Yarr. Somebody was somebody was complaining about uh, pirates on the Cap- Caribbean on Stranger Tides and like why was anybody making that? I said, have you seen Penelope Cruz dressed as a pirate? <laughs> Shut but the fuck up.
0: Have you seen the billion dollars in box office receipts from the last That's three? Years. Yes,
1: but it's like, <laughs> um, so so it's called Not the Loser's Lounge, and it comes out in the middle of the month. And also, you guys, you two guys, get together for, of course, the vault, the styling, Monster horror, tales of terror. Yes, tales we of do. terror. Yes, I always get that wrong. Uh,
0: yeah. So I, th- I think our uh, most recent entry will be dropping
1: relatively soon, and uh, tales from the hood, another it'll... film I saw in the theaters.
2: That is out, and and Nope will be Nope will be following this episode later on in the month so is
1: this like is this like uh black history black horror history month
0: Eh, more or less just just black history month you know who says who says horror can't be i mean i mean yeah i mean on the the i want to see you guys
1: make sense of blackenstein the black frankenstein
2: like i like i we're we're trying to do (laughs) we're trying to do stuff (laughs) this is an actual movie that's oh, I know. I've title. seen Blackenstein, no,
1: no, no, and then no. we should follow it's, it up it's, with Frankenhooker. But I think we did Frankenhooker, didn't if we? If you if you actually look at the print, oh, I have oh. seen Blackenstein. So if you look at the actual print, it is entitled Blackenstein, the Black Frankenstein. Just
0: really? so, you, 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 just, just in case, in case you nobody rely, got it, I'm I'm, I'm guessing it does Black what it says on the tin. I'm guessing there's a Black Frankenstein and a Black Frankenstein monster in it. I would
2: have, I would have, like, I would like for the vault of, if we were gonna go in that era, I would, love black exploitation horror, I would definitely, I mean, it's kind of predictable, but I would like to do like Blackula, is a legit like, it's not a great movie, but it's got a lot going on, uh, on with it, you know. My
1: favorite black exploitation harm horror, horror th- adjacent movie is a film called Sugar Hill. Also known as Sugar Hill and Her Zombie Gangs.
2: Oh, I think I've seen that. Might have to. uh, And
1: it's really, really much better than it sounds.
2: Yes. No, it sounds pretty dope to me. It's it's like, isn't it like somebody possessed by the spirit of an old gangster? No, that's a different
1: film. That's JC's Revenge.
2: Yes, that's what I'm thinking about. That was really good here.
1: Something tells me later, later this year, you and I are gonna gonna look at a, at a couple of uh black exploitation horror films. I would be into that. I know you would. It's just I, I always get self conscious when we do black exploitation films because it's like it's two old white guys talking about black exploitation films.
2: I don't care. I'll talk about I'll talk about um dolomite all day all day
1: I think I'm not sure I have to look it up I think that actually we've done more black exploitation films than anything else
2: Maybe if you had to go we, by category but maybe I, like- I,
1: I think we've done 3 we did um
2: Find an Italian black exploitation movie, because then we'll really be pounding our <laughs> genres, because we do a lot of Italian movies.
1: Yeah, that that too. But the thing is, is that we do different types of Italian films. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so, uh, so check Chris Tyler out on Not the Loser's Lounge and um, and on the vault the, the startling monster horror tales of terror, and. Follow Chris Honeywell on the vault of Starling Horror, Monster Tales, Tales of Terror, and Jagai and Jedi, um, which is the uh, Star Wars-related series he does with Hope Mullinex.
2: Yep, we're just getting ready. We're we're doing Obi-Wan Kenobi right now, and that'll be finished up real quick, and then it's on to Andor. and ooh, boy, oh, boy.
1: Why am I why did it does it did it piss me off seeing that they oh well we've cast Sebastian Stan has Luke Skywalker? What? And I'm like, can't we move beyond the Skywalker clan? It's... I think they I think they had
0: their shot with the sequel trilogy and they, if they had just said everything uh, you know, three hundred years after the uh rebellion, they probably could have done that. I think they're yes. kinda stuck now.
2: There's there's I think there's like the, it's when when it comes right down to it, it's Disney, and they're a huge corporation. Mm-hmm. And that that corporation bought Star Wars, which is so strongly defined by those characters, that they're just like that. They're and they're, they're they're. I mean, they're they're a money making thing. So they're like this will, this will make the money. This is a safe way to make the money. And they're also like you know that's what the fans want And it 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 loses something of having but here's jo- here's George, the deal George with Lucas that. who could who was who was the buck stops here you know there mm-hmm. were a bunch of there weren't a bunch of like people who were like Worrying about the stockholders, mm-hmm. going like, oh, geez, you know, we really screwed up those sequel trilogies. We need to run it through the calculator to figure out why. Yeah, that
1: last, people didn't like Last Jedi. We should, yeah. uh, they did not. totally erase that one in the next one.
2: No, they're, they're, they're really staying away. Yeah. They used to stay away from the prequel stuff. Now they're staying away from the sequel stuff because. you you know they're just they're they're not they're not making any new stuff that sort of ties into it or anything and when they did that even when they did it was still sort of tentative
1: but i mean so yeah the reason why i am anticipating quantum mania with such a sick feeling in my stomach what the hell is quantum mania the third man movie. movie It's the third Ant Man movie, but the thing is like, oh, oh, that. Oh, I thought Oops. it was an
2: event. I thought it was like the harmonic convergence no. or something. When does Quantumania, Quantumania no, no, no. happen and why haven't I seen the trailer?
1: From um Marvel f- features. And the thing is, is that the thing that's charming about the Ant-Man films is that they are just heist movies. Yeah. They they're are heist s- They're
2: movies. small movies.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, no pun intended, but they—they were—they were great they little are. change of paces, charming little
2: family movies, fest. charming little father and daughter movies. Yeah. You know, they
1: were, yeah, and this sweet and fun. Quantum Mania is just the same thing we've been getting from you know, Marvel movies in the last three to four years, which is. Wow, look, new characters! Crazy shit! Woo-woo! Yeah, I'm. Like, yeah, you guys I get to yeah, no. Kang, finally! No, no, no. When it comes to. You don't do that with Ant-Man. You can do that with Thor. You can do that with uh, Iron Man. Don't do that with Ant-Man.
0: Well, who else is going to go into the Quantum Realm, man?
1: Thor can go to the Quantum Realm!
0: Eh, you know what? It's got fucking Modoc in it and Kang, so I'm fucking there.
1: Oh yes,
2: I'm. I I I don't get. I I'm not excited about the quantum stuff because I just don't think I don't. I'm not. I'm I'm not down with Marvel's idea of how the quantum like. Like I liked Loki a lot, the Loki series, but the I way they like describe Loki the quantum universe as you know that we got to keep it linear. It's like I don't think that's how it works, guys.
0: Oh no, this is this. Yeah, this isn't a time travel. This is the, they're going to the, the subatomic realm, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, and, and and, and i'm all
2: for like all that stuff all. i just always wanted to go further and i want it to get wilder than it ever they're ever gonna allow themselves to to go with it so i always like you know I, i'm always a, the, the only quantum movie that ever really pulled off like feeling quantum was that everywhere uh everything, everything, everything everywhere, everywhere at yeah, once yeah that was, that, that, was that, that
1: that pulled it off you know well Wait until April is all I have to say. Because we have a quantum I have a quantum movie I'm gonna show you with the monkeys. But first Ooh,
2: I like monkeys. Not Mon-
1: monkeys, the monkeys.
2: Monkeys are the funniest people.
1: We're talking about Mickey Dolans, Michael Nesmith, Pete Torque. Torque, Peter Torque, and Davy um, Jones. Davy Jones, ones. but that's for April.
2: And Frank Zappa.
1: And Frank Zappa and uh, Terry Gar. And, and Victor Mature.
2: Solistic. And Victor Mature's Dandruff.
1: I, I have a theory about that film, which I will explain in. in April. I am. But I first. am looking
2: forward to that coverage. And a Coke machine, and one of and my favorite, yes, one of my yes. favorite but, but monkey first. songs of all time.
1: My favorite monkey song of all time is' in, is in this film but that's for April. I wonder
2: if they're the same song find out next show
1: uh, I'll give you a hint uh, it the the music portion of that where they they use that film featured Tony Basil and it was written by Harry Nielsen anyway
2: oh no then it's not
1: okay <laughs> but, oh, oh I know which one your favorite is and that's just because you were, you, you have memories of Anne Magnus whenever you hear it
2: and Magnuson. Magnuson.
1: next month is march and it's time for a visit from one of your favorite your favorite guests because we're going to talk about something british and you know what that means
2: is it the moons
1: it's the moons
2: the the moons are nice to me because they're british (laughs) we need some we need more canadian people coming on because i hear they're really nice too
1: well, the moons are coming by, and we are going to talk about a film that was the was a favorite of one of my my dearest dearest closest friends in all my life, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago, Derek Ferguson. A film from Amicus, one of my favorite movie studios. That doesn't make a damn lick o' sense.
2: Ooh, okay, you're speaking my language.
1: Uh, it stars Vincent Price. Oh. Christopher Lee.
0: Oh. Ooh. And
1: Peter Cushing. Ah. ah!
0: I think I know what you're referring to.
1: And it's called Scream and Scream Again. This film may scramble your brains, sir. Or your money back. It's triple distilled horror. And you have to go watch it for next month. And until then, go!
0: Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two TrueFreaks is always
2: spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two TrueFreaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available
0: on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo
1: Core of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.